Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. Hey guys, it's your homegirls here. We are with our friend Sarah Terry today. She is from San Antonio, Texas with the Texas Liberty Group. Sarah and I met, what, like a year or two ago, I think at this point, maybe a year ago. Yeah. We've been uh, friends ever since. Sarah runs a um, super successful real estate um, team and does how many deals a year? Like 170, 90? No, uh, <laughs> last, last year, we, last year I was just by myself. I didn't have a team and I did 51 on my own. This year we've already closed 69 and we've got like another 20 in escrow. Um, and we've still got a couple months left. So we'll see how it shakes out. So I think one of the things that I, one of the reasons we wanted you to come on here was most of your business is referral based. You work primarily with military and veterans mm-hmm. and referrals from agents around the country. And that has helped really business. So will you talk about that and how you got into real estate and kind of what your story is from the beginning and how we are, where we are today with you? Uh, well, um, my story from the beginning is kind of personal but I think it's something that like needs to be talked about and I think a lot of people think that you need to come from like this I don't know a certain place in your life to be successful in real estate and I didn't so um so in 2016 my husband was in Korea and I was living here in San Antonio uh with my kids And um, my oldest at the time was undiagnosed with autism, but we knew that something was not right. Um, And about four days after my husband left, my son, who was five at the time, told his teachers that he wanted to kill himself and like had a whole plan. And so the school had to call me, I had to come get him. We had to go through all of this, rigmarole basically I mean just appointments and everything and he started saying that very frequently and so I was having to leave my eight to five job almost every single day to come pick him up from school Um, the good part of that is that we did finally get an autism diagnosis but then that led to a lot of therapy and more missed work because my husband wasn't here. I was basically single parenting and doing all of this therapy appointments. Um, And so I could really feel that I was about to lose my job and that I was about to be fired. And I told my husband that I had to find something that I could do from a therapy waiting room or kind of on my own time and still make some kind of money. And so um, I thought about real estate. My goal was to make about ten dollars to $20,000 a year. That's it, just to make ends meet. Um, and obviously much farther past that now. Um, and, you know, I didn't really know how I was going to 
get business because I don't consider myself to be a salesy person. Um, my husband so lovely told me that I could not sell a bottle of water in the desert, but he's right. I'm just not that kind of person. Um, and so I decided to just really like hone in on the military community. Um, and there's a lot of military who have special needs children. And so, you know, my main focus was military and then kind of like this sub focus was military with special needs children who have special requirements for their housing, um, you know, that I could say, hey, you know, I understand you need to not be on a busy street because your kid runs off. Uh, you need a single story because your child can't deal with stairs, you know, things like that. And then adding the whole military aspect of PCSing. And so through that now, yes, we are pretty much 100% referral based. Um, and that is all from past clients and um, agents that I have kind of networked with that have referred me uh, clients that they have that are moving here. But I would say probably 80% of our business is referred from past clients. So how did you, when your son was initially diagnosed and you decided to get into real estate, what did your day-to-day -day look like? How did you get going and how did you juggle? Cause you had at the time, the two kids, right? The two boys, and then you had your third, right? And I was pregnant with my third, yes. So um, how did you handle all that? I just did. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of raised in an environment. I was raised by a single mother. And so it was just like, we, I grew up in a house where there was no excuses. Like you just did what you had to do. And it wasn't like, oh, well, I don't have any help or, oh, well, you know, it was like, hey, if this needs to be done, you do it. So when I first got my license, um, I literally would sit on Facebook all day long I would get off when my kids were home from school. And once they went to bed, I was on it again until all hours of the night because I can't sleep when my husband's not home. And um, anything that anybody said about moving here, whether it was I'm pregnant and I'm looking for an OB or what schools are great or you know things like my son has autism and I'm looking for a great school you know, all, anything like that, I was reaching out to those folks and answering their question, but also sliding in, hey, I'm a realtor. If you need any help, let me know. And uh, my first four clients were renters that I actually converted to buyers. And then from there, it just kind of took off. So your first year in real estate, how long have you been in real estate? I actually don't know if I know the answer to this question. Uh, four and a half years. Okay. So, and so your first year, how many deals did you do with all this going on? Um, from, I got my license in June of 2016. So from June of 2016 to the end of December, I think I had done like 17 or no, maybe like 15, somewhere around there. And then my first full year, I did 26, then 32, then 51. And now we're over 80. That's amazing. And you have one buyer's agent and one admin right now. Yeah. Um, how did you start developing your relationships with other real estate agents? 
really through Facebook. Um, like I know that I keep coming back to that. I almost feel silly, but Facebook has made me so much money and like connected me with so many people that, Hey man, like if it works. Right. Um, but you know, just different realtor Facebook groups and, uh, even military spouses like are, you know, they have certain groups for different bases and, um, really just trying to connect with people. And, you know, if I say I had a seller here that was PCSing to uh, Florida and they had a realtor there that they had a good experience with, I would ask them who that person was. And then I would connect with that person because I knew from the get-go that they had already treated somebody right. You know what I mean? Cause like you might meet somebody who's a realtor and they act like they're so great and fantastic, but you've never actually used them. So you don't really know. And then to refer a client to that person, you're just doing it blindly. Like what if they have a terrible experience? You know, that's something that terrifies me because my name is on that referral. You know what I mean? I put that trust in that agent for my clients. So um, just a lot of that stuff and just getting to know people really on probably more personal level. Cause I feel like I've watched your business grow into like a super personal relationship over the last year, like with the Popeyes and the VIP Facebook group. And I feel like you, not that I knew like a ton about your business, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, but just specifically in the last, I would say really the last six to eight months during COVID, you have done an exceptional job at really becoming super personal with people through this. So what has that done for your business this year? I think it has done a lot for me too. Um, you know, one of my big things, like I'm sitting here, I, I did put mascara on for you girls today. So <laughs> yes. Uh, other than the mascara, this is what I usually look like. Um, I'm a jeans and t-shirt. My hair's up kind of gal. I don't usually wear makeup. Um, because usually mornings are like disasters in my house and I'm just yelling at everybody to get in the car and go, with three uh, boys under the age of 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have worked really hard at um, just being a normal person and presenting myself to my clients as an equal and not anybody who's fancier or better. Like we're all the same, right? Um, and I am just a naturally like a giving person. It makes me happy to give things to other people. Um, I'm a really awkward gift receiver, which I think is strange, but oh I my like God, you and Lindsay are like the same person with that. <laughs> but um, I just like to serve people before real estate. I worked in healthcare for 10 years. And so it's just kind of like something that's in me. And, um, you know, a lot of people complain about real sorry, we have a light issue over here. There we go. Um, you know, a lot of realtors kind of just like, for lack of a better phrase, hit it and quit it. You know, they close <laughs> and they're done. And, you know, I, I wanted to create a, like a sense of community. And a lot of my clients who are in my group or before COVID have come to my events, they're new here. They don't know anybody. They come to my event, they meet somebody else who is new here and doesn't know anybody. And they become friends. And 
you know, some of my very best friends that I have right now were clients of mine. But when you're military, you don't know anybody. And it's terrifying. You know, your husband gets to go to work or your wife gets to go to work. And then the spouse, maybe they go to work, maybe they don't. They're home with the kids in a new neighborhood, you know, in a new town and all this stuff. So I wanted to do those kinds of things where I'm just like connect, like showing my love, but at the same time connecting people. And um, so it's kind of created like this little tribe, honestly, that I have, you know, um, and it partly was intentional and partly wasn't. It just kind of organically came together. So tell us about your VIP Facebook group, how that started, how you came up with it, what you do in there, all that jazz. So um, they're mostly just my clients. Um, they don't really like have to meet certain criteria to be in there. Um, I do have a lender, one of my preferred lenders who's in there. And so our clients that use both of us for a transaction, they're automatically put into the group. Um, and then if I feel like it's going to be a client who is going to refer me, um, who had a good experience with me, um, who I think will appreciate what I'm doing, um, they get put into the group. And so most people make the cut. You know, I'll be honest that a few, I'm kind of like, eh. um, but in there, I do random Amazon gift cards for like 15 bucks, you know, it's not a whole lot, but sometimes, you know, like I had one, they were going to go to Disney and they bought their daughter some Mickey Mouse ears, you know, and just, or they needed 15 more dollars for something that they wanted or justified them purchasing something that was 25, you know, <clears throat> whatever it is, everybody's super appreciative of it. Um, and I do 10 to 15 of those. So <clears throat> cost me 150 to 200 bucks. Um, and I list all the codes and I'm like, Hey, first come first serve. Um, so I do that. Um, when I, I do have client appreciation events, COVID has really kind of destroyed that for us this year, but we usually try to do like a spring one and then a winter one. And, uh, we have food and the kids, some kind of activity for the kids. We do giveaways and usually it's like gigantic beautiful baskets of alcohol <laughs> or um you know various like if it's spring we usually have like a beach one you know that has family stuff in it um so everybody that comes gets fed their kids have fun you know paste that face painters stuff like that and they get a chance to walk away with something and so it also gives them a time to connect with other people that they may not have met before. And so it serves multiple purposes. Um, also in the group, we keep in contact with the normal real estate stuff, you know, um, tax questions, resale questions, just kind of like a hub where somebody can go and ask anything that they may want. Um, we just, but we try to, for the most part, keep it fun and lighthearted and you know, like I said, the Amazon gift card giveaways. Um, we're gonna do a um, Thanksgiving pie giveaway. Uh, did we do Didn't something you do a TV? Didn't you do something like really big this year? 
So we didn't have, uh, because of COVID, we didn't have it in person. So this year we kind of ha had an online party um, and I gave away a TV, a KitchenAid stand mixer, oh, $500 to Kirkland's and a surprise $500 gift card to the liquor store. Nice. Um, and um, that went over really well. And, uh, you know, I just ordered the stuff online and had it delivered to them. So there was no touching of anything. Um, and, it, you know, I did it live in the group and, and we had a good time. And, you know, that way they still knew that I was thinking about them and, um, you know, I'm still kind of giving back and all those things. Just, we can't just like get together and do it. Um, so, go ahead. I'm curious because I have the same exact group as you. Like if you're my client, you signed on with me, you get put into a Facebook private group. So we do this same exact thing you do. We've slacked a little bit this year because of COVID, yeah. but I'm just curious, how many do you have in that group? What's your number that you have in that group right now? I think we have about a hundred people in there right now. Okay, good. Cause we're about 150 and I look back at like all the transactions I did and I'm like, God, I feel like we need more in there. So that kind of makes me feel a little bit better. And then on a like, how much interaction do you get from your, from them? Like, I mean, obviously when you give something away, you're going to get tons of interaction, but do you have like clients ask a question in that group? Do, I mean, are they active? What's it like? Um, they're not really active, uh, like initiation wise, okay. but if I post something like, um, recently I posted and asked, is there something about the home buying or home selling process that I didn't relay to you, you know, that I need to do a better job of educating people on. And I got some responses there. Okay. Um, sometimes they're silly responses and sometimes they're serious responses. Um, right. and I feel like there was something else that we asked, um, that, that I got responses on. And then I don't know about in Colorado, but here in Texas, we have something called a homestead tax exemption. Um, and so, you know, you can file that between January and April. And so when we post about that at the beginning of every year, we get a whole bunch of, uh, back and forth about that because people have so many questions. Um, so they're there when I'm there, okay. but they're not amongst themselves. It's mostly you know, uh, which is fine with me, you know, right, right. Most of them meet and then have their side French, you know, um, like, it's funny to me, like after our client appreciation events or something, I'll be on Facebook and all of a sudden I'll see that so-and-so commented on so-and-so's photo and they weren't friends before and now they are. And so, you know, it's mostly just to build that sense of community and then right. we throw in some information every once in a while, but how often are you posting in there? That's good to like, know. Um, I try to post once a quarter, um, as some kind of either giveaway or, um, Hey, we're doing this. Like right now we're doing a pumpkin carving contest where we're going to do a 25 and $15 gift card from Amazon or 50 and 25. Um, 
So we posted in there about that. Uh, we are going to be posting soon for the pie, Thanksgiving pie, like flavors so they can choose. Um, so it's not super a whole lot, but uh, at a minimum, it's once a quarter is my goal. Sometimes it's once a month. Sarah, what are you doing to get engagement with just the wise? Because that's such a powerful group of people. Um, I work predominantly, basically 99.9% .9 with military on prior military too, um, here in Colorado Springs. And so what do you do to get actual engagement with them? Non-COVID environment, like outside of, outside of the internet and Facebook and that kind of thing. Um, well, I don't really do much outside of the internet or Facebook. Um, I, you know, other than like the friends that I have from people that were in my husband's unit and stuff like that, um, I don't, but I am an odd military spouse because I am from here. I have grown up here my whole entire life. And so I provide a different kind of set of information for people. You know, I've had three babies here. I've had three babies in daycare here. I have watched this town grow and change. Um, I have worked at six different hospitals here. And so mostly where I like to come from as a um, area of support to the military community outside of real estate is, hey, you just moved here and you're about to have a baby. You know, this doctor delivered all of my babies at this hospital or all of my kids have been to this daycare, you know, things like that, that um, can help them feel a little more knowledgeable on the area. Um, and even when it comes down to areas that to live, you know, I tell them how it's changed in the past 15 years and, and how it's probably going to keep changing. Um, and so, you know, I don't, outside of my group of friends, I don't do a whole lot. Um, you know, I'm not in any spouses groups, uh, like on base. Um, it's mostly just the Facebook groups that I use. And then I just provide as much information to help people as I can, uh, re real estate related or not. I don't know who's supposed to be talking. I think Jessica's talking to somebody else. <laughs> That's I, okay. thought, I thought she was going to say something too. Me but too. I thought I was like, oh, <laughs> so I have a question. How is your, how is your son now? I know you were talking about him earlier. How is he now? Um, so we have made a lot of progress. Um, autism is a really funny thing because as soon as you kind of make progress in one area, something else shows up, you know, and so your issues are ever changing. And, you know, as you get out of little kid age to preteen age to teenager, your issues change. Um, and so, you know, I'm very happy that now he goes to school and is at school all day long. I can take him to school and pick him up and have faith in my day that the appointments that I have can stay. Um, and, you know, we have our own set of challenges, but it's not, it doesn't interfere as much today as it did then. Um, and when it does, you know, we just, 
we deal with it, you know, and, and resolve it and, and move past it. So. So your husband is still active military? No, he separated about a year ago. Okay. But he works full-time. He actually owns his own business. Um, like, uh, doing handyman types. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with balancing doing 50 units a year by yourself plus three babies, plus a household, plus a husband that works and all the things it, this is one of those, um, things that I feel like trips up women before they even get started in the business. So like I was, um, teaching to a market center a couple weeks ago and one of the girls was newly licensed cutest can be absolutely amazing brilliantly smart so excited about her career but literally having like a massive emotional breakdown about how she would ever be able to have a business and children you know and and she's like i don't know what to do with them and especially in this covid season and i don't know where i you know take them and like so how do you balance this and and what advice would you give to specifically women that are starting out in the business that are really worried about how they can balance a family and ramping up their own business? Well, first and foremost, I am super, super beyond words blessed to have a husband who supports the crap out of me. Um, he has no problem doing the laundry, doing the dishes, feeding the kids, picking them up if that's what I need. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I was raised by a single mom. And so um, I was raised in an environment where we didn't get home until 530 and, or six and dinner was the quickest thing that she could put together. And, you know, mornings was cereal and not that there's anything wrong with that, but, be, and we, you know, rode the bus and things and there's nothing wrong with that because it created a lot of really great uh, values in us as kids, I think. Um, but for me, you know, something that's very important for me is being at home at dinner time with my kids and taking them to school and picking them up every day. And um, does it happen every single day? No, I think that's a little unrealistic, but 95% of the time it happens. And so when I started um, kind of picking up in my deals and especially last year when I did do the 50 deals by myself, I really struggled with how, like, is this it for me? Like, can I do more deals and still have a family or am I like tapped out here? Um, and so, you know, I learned that it was okay for me to tell my clients, hey, from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. is my time to pick up my kids, cook dinner and eat dinner with them. And after 6 p.m., I do start working again, you know, to kind of catch up on the things that I missed, um, in the mornings, you know, cause real estate never sleeps. So, you know, if it's 7am and people are messaging me, I'll message them really quickly back and say, Hey, I'm taking my kids to school. I'll message you when I get back in the office. And so setting those, um, boundaries was something that was super difficult for me to do because I thought that I was going to lose business, but I learned that, you don't lose business from setting boundaries. And if you do, it's a very toxic relationship that you were probably going to have in the first place. And so it's 100% not worth it. 
Um, you know, I try to um, be around my kids and my family as much as I possibly can. It has probably been a little bit adjustment for everybody for me to to go from, you know, like a set eight to five job to real estate where it's just like, whenever the hell it's happening, you know? Um, but I think that luckily my family has kind of taken it in strides, you know, um, my older two are kind of like, oh, you have to go to work, you know, and I'll tell them, yes, but you know, I'll be home as soon as I can. And I promise I'll come in and kiss you goodnight as soon as I get home. Half the time they're asleep, but you know, just like letting them know, like I'm coming back, I will be here. Um, and then when we get to do fun things, I remind them that I work so we can do fun things. Uh, <laughs> I think we all do that. Yeah, um, but you know, and, and something for me is I have always had my kids in daycare. Um, I know that that's not everybody's cup of tea, but I cannot be productive with them always around me. And even in COVID, you know, um, there was a time where everything here was shut down and my kids were not in school. And it was a very trying time for me personally, just because they were everywhere. And, you know, like when you're on the phone, they know it, like they come find you. There's some kind of sixth sense. If you can see. Um, but luckily my husband was stuck at home with us. And so there were a lot of times where I was like, Hey, I need to go do this. And he would take them somewhere else. Um, but no lie, as soon as schools opened back up, they were there because I just, I can't do the level of business that I do do and that I want to do if they are home with me all of the time. I just, I, I can't, I know that some women can and they're successful at it. I'm not one of those. Okay. I have a hard question. Yeah. And you don't have to answer it if you want to, but so am I kind of correct in assuming that you had a husband who was a breadwinner and now you might be more of the breadwinner for the family? So yes and no. Um, I was married before. So my husband now is my second marriage. And when we got together, I did make more than him. However, I had two kids in daycare and was paying $1,600 a month in daycare alone, not to mention rent, car, nothing. He had more money than me, but I made more than him. Um, and I was not great with my money. And he has always been a Mr. Pays the bills, takes care of everything. So on a dollar amount, no. But on uh, what our relationship felt like, yes, he was taking care of us. And there was a big swap when I started real estate. Um, and I know that unfortunately there are some women that have husbands who can't handle that. Um, That's what I was getting at. I was wondered, wondering if that has caused any like stress or pressure or dynamics to change in your marriage. No, um, I mean, I joke that every time I have a closing, my husband needs some new tool or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just take it in stride. Um, you know, 
I, I'm sure that I have probably said some nasty things to him about my income in the heat of moments. I think we all have. We yeah, all have. that's probably a pretty normal response. Um, but you know, he he is man enough to not. It doesn't bother him. You know, he knows his role in our relationship, and I have my role in my relationship, and and I know that I would not make the money that I do if it was not for him you know, and so whether or not who's making what, we are not making that money if there is not a, a we helping each other, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So uh, it luckily it really hasn't caused an issue. So then two parts, tell us how you knew you were ready to hire both the admin and the buyer's agent? And was there any internal marriage stuff about hiring? Because that happens a lot too. Um, Why do you need to hire? You you can work more business. You don't need any help. What are, you know, all that jazz. So tell us about how you knew that it was time and how that felt. So we always joke, Sarah, that I'm the cheap one of the group and I won't hire when she messaged all of us and was like, I think I'm going to hire an admin. I'm like, you absolutely should. (laughs) <laughs> and you should hire the more expensive one because it's easier for me to spend her money than mine. <laughs> um, actually, it's probably a little bit reversed. My husband was pushing me to get help before I wanted to. Um, you know, sometimes you have that person in your life who like, you know, for me, it's my husband knows me better than I know myself and can kind of see when I need help before maybe I realize it. And so he was kind of on me about hiring before I was ready. And, but the biggest hangup for me was that I was going to be responsible for somebody else's income when my income is based on commission. Mm-hmm. You know, it's based on somebody else hiring me. So it's like this, you know, kind of downward spiral thing. If nobody's hiring me, how am I going to pay this person? And then how is this person going to pay their bills? So that was um, a massive stressor for me that I was just terrified to take on. Um, And finally, I was just like, I just did it because I knew that if I wanted to get any further than I was, I had to have help. So it was either be cool where you're at or hire somebody and, and move forward. Um, and the showing assistant, um, that one was nerve wracking for me because I admittedly am a huge control freak. Um, and this was an issue for me too, with the assistant, you know, I'm very much like, I'll just do it. Like, don't ask me a question. I'll just do it. If you ask me a question, I'll do it because obviously you don't know. And you know, it's realizing that about myself um, helps a lot because when I have those thoughts creep in, I'm like, okay, you need to shut the hell up because there are other capable people in this world. You are not the only one. (laughs) And so, um, but I think that like, once you get, and you correct me, how long have you had your admin? um, My current admin, I've had it for a few months, but I have had an admin for a year. And what about your showing assistant or your agent? A year. So like something does happen, correct me if I'm wrong, at some point where you do get that leverage and it finally clicks and you're like, there is no way in hell I would ever go back to ever doing this 
again, like I'll pay somebody whatever it takes to do this little menial shit that I don't want to have a part of. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, my, uh, she's kind of a showing assistant, kind of a buyer's agent. She does her own thing, but she's there for me when I need her. Um, but for me, that was big in getting time back with my family. You know, like I don't need a hundred percent of my commission. I can give up a little bit of that if it means that for the most part, evenings and weekends, I'm pretty solid with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was a big thing for me. And, you know, I struggle with, how does she feel like I'm taking advantage of her and I'm, you know, making her work all of these times where I don't want to work. And so, you know, I, I try to even that out and be like, you know what, it's Saturday, but I'm still going to go do this. That way you can chill out. Um, last night I went and showed a house in the dark at seven 30 in my pajamas because she was having dinner and I didn't want to interrupt her, you know? Um, and so I try to be mindful of that, but at the same time, not be like overly kind because I am paying her to do that, you know? So trying to have like that, um, boss mentality a little bit I struggle with sometimes but never again will I ever go back to not having a showing assistant and an admin never in my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah it took me a long time to be here and be okay with it now that I'm here I'm not going back (laughs) so how um how are you compensating your showing assistant and how do you do, okay, so a lot of people, myself included, struggle with this one because um, most of the agents that I know that have showing assistants run very cold lead type businesses. And so it's not as difficult to hand off a buyer that you've nurtured personally when you have to give them to a showing assistant if you don't know who they are. When they're your people, it is much more difficult. So like, how are you compensating her And then how are you doing the handoff so that your referral clients still feel the love, but you're not showing houses 24 hours a day? So again, I think this is pretty unique to our clientele, um, but probably 95% of our clients are not even here. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of our showings are virtual via video. Um, And Mm -hmm. so the nice part about that is, you know, we can go get videos really whatever works for us. It's not evenings or weekends necessarily. Um, but I, you know, her, her name is Amanda. I'll give Amanda a list of addresses and tell her I need videos of these. And she goes and grabs them at her convenience, but that day. Um, and honestly, sometimes my clients don't even know that it is not me. Um, they will later if I'd be like, oh, let me send my assistant to get that or my assistant said, but it's after the fact and they've already seen the videos and they've already been happy with the videos. So they're not really realizing that like, it's not me when, because all they ever talk to is me. So um, sometimes when I have clients that are local, um, I do try really hard to show them in person, but usually once one day or two days. If it goes past that, then I usually have Amanda take over. Um, and then that's just a very much like, um, 
I'm busy these days and I don't make it up. I mean, usually it's because I am busy, but my assistant is free to show you or I can show you on this day from this time to this time, which is my business hours. And I let them decide. So they feel a little bit more in control of that decision and not me pushing Amanda on to them. Um, and I don't know if that is right or wrong, but it's been what's working for us. And it makes me the most comfortable because I know that there are clients out there who don't want to feel like they're being shuffled around. Um, and so, you know, even if Amanda shows them a house, they still only really talk to me about negotiations and offers and through the process and maybe what they liked and what they didn't like. But um, I also, in, in having a showing assistant, I did not hire a warm body to just do this for me. I was very particular about who I hired um, and I can trust her and she's personable and people like her and she is also a military spouse. So she is able to connect with them. Um, and she has her own um, kind of struggles and challenges in life that she's able to connect with other people over. And so, you know, I was very, like intent about who I hired and it wasn't just anybody. Um, when she shows for me, she gets 15% of my commission. Um, that includes bonuses. So if I, if we sell a 6% house and she showed it one time, she makes thousands of dollars. If we show, if she, you know, they have a $200,000 budget and she shows them 15 houses and she makes 900 bucks, it all comes out in the wash. So she gets paid she doesn't get paid at all if, if you lose that client or they don't close. Interesting. Nope. That's not, I've, I've actually never heard of that type of pay for a showing assistant. Usually you hear 25 per door or 50 per door or a hundred dollars for the hour. Like I've never heard that before. That's, I no, like it. She gets paid at closing. So, um, the amount that I pay her never enters my account. So there's never any like tax she doesn't, I don't mess with anything like that. Um, she gets her own commission from title, the 15%, it gets sent to her. Um, and yeah, I, I don't pay per door because, you know, there are some people who just want to look at one house and if she's driving an hour to show one house and makes 25 bucks, I mean, right. I, my, I see so many teams that have such a ridiculously high turnover rate I don't want that. I want the Texas Liberty Group to be us for as long as we can be. And the only thing to rip us apart is somebody has to PCS. Yeah. I, I don't want it to be like, well, I can go make money somewhere else or you're not justifying what I'm paying you. None of that. You know, I, I try to be really fair and I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are having your mindset now. I'm kind of glad that you brought that up. I think, I think 2019, 2020 and in the future, I think you're going to see a lot of big teams start to go down in size. I think the big team thing is, I think we've seen it and it's gone. I, I think a lot of people just want to stay small. Yeah. I mean, I just like, I see a lot of big teams here and they're like crushing it in numbers, but they're always hiring. Yep. They're always losing agents. And yep. as a team lead, like that costs you money. And you know? stress. Yeah. And 
what if that person has a deal under contract? Like I just, I just, I don't want any of that. Um, and so, you know, we're actually bringing on, uh, another girl to service kind of another area of town. That's about an hour drive from us. And there's another military base up there and she is a military spouse. And so we're bringing her on, but getting to that point, I have been knowing that I needed to do that for the last six months, but I have been so intentional, you know, that because yeah, sure. I could find somebody to do it. No problem. But who knows how long they're going to stay. Right. And, and I tell people when I interview them, this is not a stepping stone, you know, like I want you to join our team and stay with us and for us to be a group and a united front and, you know, all of these things, because, you know, I have goals for my business and it's not necessarily how many people are going to be on my team. It's, I want to be the go-to team for what you need, you know? Right. So that's kind of my thought process behind all of that. What are you using? Um, when it comes to like doing all of those videos and stuff for all of your clients that are not here out of town, are you using like Periscope or what um, systems are you using to be able to get them those videos in real time? So we take the uh, videos on our phones and then we upload them to BombBomb and then we just email them out with BombBomb. We were previously doing FaceTime and uh, like Facebook video chat and it worked well, but from a realtor perspective, I had to meet them at a time that worked for them. So our yeah. schedule come together. From a client perspective, they got to see the house one time. So I was thinking there's got to be some better, uh, a better way to do this. So now we do the videos, which on the realtor front, we can take those during the day when we're free. We don't have to worry about anybody else's schedules. Uh, we have a video. So if we have multiple people who want to see the house, we are not going to it multiple times. We are going to it one time. Um, and then on the client front, they can watch it as much as they want to. They can pause it. They can rewind it. All of those things. You know, if they don't remember, you know, where the laundry room was, right? They don't have to ask me. They can just rewatch their video. And That's so right. it's really, really saved us a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Are you guys doing um, a lot of video tours and stuff on your listings so that they're already done so that you don't have to worry about people going back and doing that kind of thing? Um, Yes and no. Right now, and I know that this is everywhere, but right now, um, our listings are not lasting more than a day. Yeah. The way that our market has been. So right now, it's really not necessary. Um, in normal times, yes, we'll go grab a video of our listing um, just so we have it for anybody who's interested. Um, but right now, we haven't been as much because, I mean, it's it's gone. It's, you know, so. Yeah. Your market's hotter than ours. <laughs> what? Oh, I just I think your market's hotter, hotter than ours almost. That's oh, all. It's, it's crazy. So, I mean, and most, if we have clients that are interested in something that we know we have a listing coming up on, we just sell it off market. Yep. 
obviously if the sellers are okay with that if they want to hit the market and go through all that jazz we'll let them but um you know if we have clients that we know that are interested we're like hey well we've got this one coming up and you know we work it out and we sell quite a few of them off market that way so before we let you go today what is your biggest piece of advice that you would give to a realtor like you four years ago with three boys at home and trying to figure this out, what would you tell her to do? Probably just like be true to herself and not let other people dictate how she should dress, talk, present herself. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I walk into a sales office and they think I'm the client. And when they find out I'm a realtor, they don't think I'm a very successful realtor, purely based on the way that I look. And so, you know, I've gotten a lot more, <clears throat> uh, not necessarily proud, but more of like, you know, yeah, this is me. Like, there's no guidelines or rules anywhere that says that I have to dress a certain way or look a certain way or be a certain way to be successful. Um, and honestly, sometimes in the back of my mind, I'm laughing because I probably make twice as much as they do, but they're standing there judging me because I'm in a t-shirt. And so, you know, I really think that like just being true to yourself and setting those personal goals within yourself, like if it's to take your kids to school every day and pick them up every day from school, don't let business take that away from you because, you know, your babies are only babies for so long and you know, you just have to figure out what's important to you and stick with it and, and just be who you are. I love that. Cause I feel like there's so much like fake in our industry. There's so much fake people aren't at all who we think they are or. Oh, and they, they just, and basically allows us to like portray ourselves to be something that we're not, like I know so many realtors who on Facebook you would think oh my gosh man they must be millionaires and like closing all these deals and and then you find out what they're really doing and it's a fraction of what you are and I so I tell people like don't be fooled by the people who are too busy on Facebook looking busy to actually be busy exactly I because I people the people who are really busy are not on Facebook. Like, look at how busy we are. <laughs> and, it's like, and it's not, it's not even that. It's don't worry about other people's yeah. busyness. Don't worry about other people's business. Worry about yourself. Worry mm -hmm. about how you're going to dress. Worry about how you're going to do you and everything will be fine. Yeah. Yep. Well, I know that I love you. So thank you for coming on. Thank and you sharing with us today I think like the way that you run your business is so applicable especially for women with small kids at home like you have and being able to do all the things that you're doing and it doesn't cost you a ton of money and it doesn't cost you a ton of time and you do run a very successful business that I think is just going to keep growing so thank you for coming on today thank you for having me I appreciate it it was nice meeting you all you too we hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco.